Hi, friends, and welcome to All Things Relatable, a place where stories are shared. It's hard to put a value on a story because the lasting effects it can have are often priceless. An individual's story has the potential to impact our lives in tremendous ways. My hope for you in joining me today is that this episode resonates with you and that you leave enlightened, ignited, and inspired because it only takes one moment to spark a change and leave an everlasting effect. My next guest, Marissa, helps busy moms juggle everything that life entails. She's a wife, a mom of four boys, has a career and many goals and dreams that she's tackling all at the same time. She's got a lot going on. We've all got a lot going on. It just might look a little differently for each one of us. With so many things requiring her attention, Marissa had to figure out how to make it all work. She figured out how to become more organized, energized, and productive without the guilt, frustration, and busyness. The best part is she's now helping other moms do the same. Marissa has helped some of the most overwhelmed moms turn their dreams into a reality. She says that time is an EEO, an equal employment opportunity. We all have the same amount of it. It's just up to us with how we use it. I can't wait to dive in and find out some of her time management management strategies so that I can gain some more time doing more of the things that I love. Hey, Marissa, I'm so happy to have you here today. I know that every mom listening today was probably locking herself in a closet right now so she can find out how to manage it all and still feel human. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to dive into this topic and be chatting about this today. Yay. I know so many people are going to be so impacted by this conversation. I just can't wait to dive into all the things. So can you take us back to what life looked like before you learned how to effectively manage your time? Or have you always had a knack for time management? Yeah, that I love this question. Okay. So I'll say I've always been a bit of a planner and like, I've always been fairly organized but I wouldn't say I've always been what I like to call a time momager. Okay. So I, I'll tell you when I entered parenthood, when I became a mom, it was double time for me. I became a mom of twins. That's my first, my first babies. They arrived early. So as the planner in me, I was planning for their birthday on a specific day. I was, you know, moving at the time. And what happened two weeks prior or two and a half weeks prior, they showed up and I was not ready. So that threw me off. And I had to learn right then and there, you know, how to be more flexible and be able to roll with it. And I think anyone who enters motherhood, whether your babies are born on time or not, you realize that really quick, you have to really adjust. Uh, if you're a planner, you have to adjust your mentality of flexibility. If you're not a planner, you better become one because you want to know when nap time is and when you're going to get some free time to do your stuff. So I'd say a little bit of that was in me, but a lot of it wasn't. Um, so that was a, that was a big part of the journey, just entering motherhood. Uh, the next sort of phase of where I feel like my time management had to reach you know, new levels, because, you know, you get that down, you feel like you're in a routine and then something changes. So when my twins were about two years old, I was offered a job promotion and my family and I moved cross country during that time to a new city where I didn't know anyone. I would have a new demanding job. I'd have a new commute. I had been working from home a lot and now I'd be commuting most days about an hour from the house. So 
initially I was really kind of terrified to take on this opportunity because I felt like I was already sort of overwhelmed just with this mom life in general. I was, I was getting the hang of it. And probably from the outside looking in, you'd think I had it all under control. I mean, my kids were always like dressed and sometimes even matching, you know, in cute <laughs> clothes. I, my house was fairly organized and clean, you know, with twin toddlers, it looked a little bit like a daycare, but it was fairly organized and clean. And, you know, I, I kind of had this life that from the outside in, it looked like I had it all together inside internally. I did not feel that way. I felt overwhelmed. I felt like I never had time for myself. I felt, I felt resentful. And so the idea of taking on this like totally new opportunity in a new city without support, I was terrified, but I'm an ambitious woman. So I, I was like, well, I can't turn this down. You know, I want to, you know, move forward financially. I want to be, I want to take on the opportunity. I want the challenge. And so we did it. And what I discovered when we moved was it wasn't necessarily harder to manage my time. It was just totally different. It was just a different thing I I needed to absorb, adapt, learn. And I did. And then I started getting that question. How do you find the time? How do you do this? How do you do that? Because I had started a blog at the time as a creative outlet. And I thought, maybe there's something here. You know, maybe there's something I can support other moms with. So that's when my business was born. It turned into from a blog, it turned into courses, then books. Now I do coaching and that's kind of how it all started. Okay. So a couple of things here, you started with two, um, twins to start, but you have four now. So we have as, four now. <laughs> as each other boy was added to the mix, um, did, was it more challenging every time? Or did you just kind of, you were in that mindset, you were flexible, you had twins from the start. So you were kind of able to manage it or how did that kind of look? Well, I will never say it is easy to add another baby to your family. I think it always changes the dynamic, no matter how many kids you already have, whether you go from one to two, two to three, three to four, it's always been a transition for us. So I will say having like some core innate values and abilities that you've kind of experienced that you've learned along the way, it helps, but that transition is never simple or easy or just like no problem. I mean, you know, you go through, you go through your days of hardship, you go through, you know, your postpartum on top of everything. So yeah. Um, I feel like I forgot your question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So with adding to the family, when, um, when did these opportunities arise? Was it when you had two, because you had four under seven, correct? I had four under seven for a while. Okay. So yes. So I'll say I started the blog when I just had the twins and in all honesty, I started that blog for myself. Uh, I wrote it it was published, it was out in the world. And yet I told no one that it existed. I don't know why I think I was scared. I was doing it as if I was writing to many people and supporting them, but I wrote it as kind of like this public journal. And then when I had actually, when I had my third son, that's what really triggered me to make this a more public forum, to create this and turn it, turn this into a business. Going back to work after my third son was really hard. 
Uh, if you've ever been a mom who's been on maternity leave and had to go back and commute to the office or wherever you're going, I don't care what number baby it is, it is challenging. It is challenging to do that. And so at that point, I thought to myself, well, I know other moms are going through something similar and I want to help them. And I want to be able to potentially have this opportunity to do something I love and be around my babies more. So that was the the impetus for that as well. Okay. And you had brought up that. I think this is something that so many moms will relate to. Um, You were ambitious. You wanted challenges. You wanted something for you. And I feel like, you know, that falls to the wayside for so many moms out there, whether it is the guilt, just not having um, strategies and systems in place to, for time management or, just haven't got it all figured out logistically. Like, I feel like that's the first thing to give always, or most of the time is what mothers want. They just kind of put on the back burner, do everything for everyone else. So I love that you still were like, no, I want to take care of me. I want these challenges. I want my career. I want these things for self-care. So when you decided that, uh, what are some of the things that you did for yourself? I love this question. And I, if I could just start with one quick thing, I teach time management, of course, and we definitely, we dive into practical hacks. We dive into how you're spending your time. We, we go into the nitty gritty, but you can do all of that work. And if you haven't learned how to manage your guilt as a mom, it will mean nothing. It will mean nothing. It is just wasted effort. So I absolutely agree that that is a fundamental component of being able to be a good time manager as a mom is you need to know how to work with that guilt because it's always there as a mom. It's always there. So that's absolutely essential. One one important thing I will say when it comes to, to this element is We often think of taking care of ourselves or pursuing things we want to do, whether that's career-wise, whether that's hobby-wise, passion-wise, whatever it is, you know, we often think about that as a selfish decision, as something we're doing for us. And of course it is for us, but, but, you know, when we're filling our cup, when we're taking care of ourselves, when we're pursuing things we want to do in our careers and our lives, we end up being a better version of ourselves. Our output is like at this higher level. So that's one, that's one reason I'll say is if you want to be a better mom, if you want to be a better wife, if you want to be a better employee, gosh, a better sister, friend, any of the above, it starts with you. Because if you're not happy, if you're not feeling fulfilled in what you're doing, that's going to translate in your actions and your behavior and your words and the the kindness, the patience, all the things. So that's one element. The other element that I think was a big trigger for me was I didn't want to set that example for my kids. I didn't want to set the example that I don't pursue things I love, that I don't make time for myself, that I'm not going after my dreams because, oh my God, when I think about the fact that they might not do that because they saw me do that, it makes me cringe. It makes me cringe. And you know, I just, I don't want that on me, on my conscience. 
I don't want that for them, for their wives. Like I want them to go after what they want unapologetically. I want them to not feel guilty if they want to take the day and do something fun and forget all the household responsibilities for the day. I want that for them. And I know the best way for me to parent that is to actually exemplify and do it. Oh, I love that. And you said, you know, there's the guilt as moms that we have to manage. Um, There is sometimes outside um, guilt or criticism that's coming from friends or family or society. Did you have to tackle that as well as you moved forward and kind of chased your dreams and pursued the things that filled you up? Of course, there's a lot of noise out there. And that can be like you said, from people, you know, friends, family, you know, chatter in your ear, just your environment. It can also be like social media or TV or things that you're absorbing in your daily content. So my advice would be, you know, do what you can to mute it, do what you can to get it out of your brain, out of your mind. You know, it's, it's not only infringing on what you want. It's, it's kind of like, a time waster, a time suck, because now you're using your brain energy, your power, your, your hours, right? Practicality wise, your hours thinking about this stuff. And it's silly. It's really silly. So of course, I'm not telling you to like, you know, don't talk to your mom. (laughs) Don't talk to your friend. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. You know, you can set boundaries, healthy boundaries with people about topics you're comfortable discussing about topics you're not you can decide I'm going to dedicate, you know, this number of hours per week to this person. And then otherwise, if they call or text, I'm busy and I'm not going to reply or I'm going to say, hey, we'll talk on this day because I got stuff going on right now. Uh, When it comes to social media and TV, that's a little bit easier to manage, you know, unfollow, unsubscribe, you know, make the decision that that's not going to come into your realm and enter your way of thinking and how you're managing your time and your space and your energy. You have the power to do that. Oh, I love that you brought that up because it really is in our choices that we make in our decisions. I think I used to be someone who um, was a yes man. Every single time anybody asked to do something, I was up for anything and everything, which I mean, I had amazing experiences, but like when the phone would ring also, I would, I always answered it. And now Um, just realizing, putting in some boundaries, like we're so accessible, like people sometimes expect us to answer because maybe we have our phone with us or around us, but it doesn't mean to say that we're not busy. We're not engaged in other, um, in other things or, you know, creating different experiences. So when I finally realized, like, I don't have to pick up the phone every time it rings. Like I can let it go to voicemail. I don't have to text back right away. Like I can um, enjoy the time that I am in now and be more present and set those boundaries. It really did open up so much more time and space available for myself um, to like be in the moment and then be doing other things that I wanted to do and saying no, um, to certain situations instead of always being up for everything and being the person everybody could rely on to always be there. Um, I started to check in with my energy and afterwards I'm like, Oh yeah, I said yes to that. But how did I feel after that? Ugh, it wasn't a good energy, but I keep saying yes to it. So really checking in, um, afterwards, how I was feeling definitely kind of shifted 
the, the things that I was saying yes to and, and help me create some boundaries to create more time and space in my life for sure. Yeah. I love that you said that because my mantra really is when you feel good, you do good. Your productivity is higher. Your motivation is higher. Your output is higher. So if you're not feeling good, it's always good to check in with yourself. Like, how am I feeling right now? You know, and, and I, I have a journal planner that I published last year and the part of the process, it's a 15 minute per night process to kind of plan your next day and be really intentional about it and reflect on the day that you just had. And I love this because as moms, I don't think we ever sit down and check in with ourselves and think, how am I feeling? How, how did I do today? Right. It's always like what I didn't get done, what I said, you know, what I didn't have time for. That's what we're always kind of beating ourselves up for. And I think having a moment to really reflect on that and think about it. Oh, that choice, maybe that wasn't, you know, the best way to spend my time today because we are ultimately in control of it. I mean, we can say, we can say, I'm so busy. I'm so needed here. You know, I'm always being called to do these things, but we're the ones saying yes to it. We're the ones actually doing it. I mean, would the world end if we said no, if we just stopped for, you know, 15 minutes? No, everything would go on just fine. Right. So, yeah. Yes. Okay. So you have, you kind of have a, a planner and that you yes. publish. Okay. I think that is so key um, is the reflection because if we don't take time to reflect, then we can't move forward um, with that insight. Right. Like, I think that's such a good point that you bring up is, at the end of the day, sometimes we're like, you know, falling asleep on the couch or just um, getting our little ones to bed, cramming in a little bit of time for ourselves, and don't take that time. So I think that is such a good um, tool for moms to have so we can um, create change moving forward, keep doing what feels good and cut out some of the stuff that isn't, isn't filling us up. Exactly. Yeah. And I also feel like it's a good idea to do this at night, to check in with yourself at night, because I don't know about you, but there have been plenty of nights as a mom that I don't sleep well. And it's not always because my kids are waking up and that's the, the reason, although that is the reason a lot. Um, but sometimes our brains are just on, on the go. Like even while we're sleeping, we're thinking about all these things we need to do and we can't relax. We can't fully relax. And so when I created this book, I thought, well, what's a way to help moms go to sleep with more peace of mind too? Let's get it out on paper. Let's plan for the next day. We can get a really restful night. We can reflect on this day, you know, think about how, what patterns we're seeing, how we want to do better, and then be able to wake up with real intentionality, with real clarity of what we want to do that day. And, you know, with eagerness to get it done and not, and not feel like, the drudgery of like, oh, another day and what's going to go wrong today. And kind of, you know, I want the outlook of, I can do this. I've set these three goals today. I'm going to get them done. Come hell or high water. I'm holding <laughs> myself accountable. You know, this is, this is how I want to feel today. This is the intention I'm setting. This is how I'm taking care of myself today. I've written it down. So it's real. It's not just like somewhere in this heavy mental load in my brain. It's on paper in front of me. I can I can see it and I want to feel like this today. So this is how I, this is what I need to do to feel that way. Oh, I love that. 
Okay. So let's go back um, to your blog. So you started writing this blog for yourself. You started putting it out to the world. Um, and then what came after with that? Were you still um, at this career that you were um, offered this um, higher position or were you kind of starting to create other things on the side? Yes. So I ran my business and built my business for three years while I was a corporate executive. So I did this, as you can imagine, like at night, I did this, you know, on weekends, I did this where I could fit it in. um, Because, you know, ultimately, I had a nine to five, and I, you know, needed to do my due diligence and do my job during corporate hours. And I loved my job too. It's not that I didn't. I mean, I think I was passionate about what I was doing. I was earning a lot of money and I have a family to support and I needed to, you know, juggle both worlds for a while. And for a while that worked really well for me. And I think a lot of moms out there, I know they're managing a side hustle or they're thinking about doing a side hustle and I'll say, go for it. Because if you want to do it, you will. You'll make the time. You'll find the time. It won't feel like extra work. It won't feel burdensome. It didn't for me. What happened in my life when I decided to go full force into my business, I wasn't a disgruntled employee. I wasn't somebody who was unhappy in my job. It was time. It was time. It was an intuitive nudge that wouldn't go away, that just kept saying, if you want to do this, you need to go all in. It's time. So that's what it was for me after about three years of juggling both. But I will say, if you're a mom, if you're thinking of becoming a mompreneur, if you want to pursue something you're passionate about, even if right now you're not sure how to make money doing it, just do it. Just go for it. You know, even if you're able to consistently dedicate a couple hours a week to it, 15 minutes a day, you can totally make it happen and turn it into something. You know, I never thought I'd write a book, never thought from a blogger, I never thought I would be able to put, you know, 40, 50, 60,000 words together into one cohesive book. I did it. I worked for, I remember I set the goal. I was working full time. I said, I'm going to write for 30 minutes, three times a week. That's what I can commit to. That's what I'm going to do. And the book got done, you know? So (laughs) even small steps, small steps can make big things happen. Oh, I love how you brought up um, the time, like it took three years, like, and consistency. Like if you want to create, um, something or turn your dreams into reality, like there's time behind it. So if you are passionate about it and you really want to make it happen, then you just need to keep showing up and plan for it. Cause yeah, 15 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day or three times a week, um, is doable when you break it down like that. And then eventually, you'll have a book published or whatever it is that you're working on. So it's absolutely doable, um, but you need to uh, stay committed and, you know, not expect things to magically happen overnight. There's a lot that goes into the, um, that's unseen. Um, I wanted to ask, were there any struggles that came up for you um, with being a mom and working on, your blog and your book and transitioning, um, into this, your own business. Let me think about this. So struggles from transitioning to 
being an employee to an entrepreneur? Well, I think more so um, like as a mom, like having mom guilt or managing um, everything with all of your kids and the household and being a wife, like how did you juggle all of that? Um, and were there any major challenges that came up within that as you were doing your high side hustle as well? Sure. Yeah, of course. I mean, again, I think that guilt management is so crucial and important, especially if you're pursuing something with an already very hectic, demanding schedule, which what mom does not have that already. Everybody does. So for me, the challenges that came up were obviously, you know, logistical things. So being a planner that suited me well in that sense, because I could forecast sort of weeks ahead of time and be able to plan fitting in things that were important to me without feeling like I was taking away from other things because I had a good plan in place. Right. So I could say, okay, I'm going to uh, be available to go to the soccer game and the, you know, tennis practice or whatever. And then I would plan and delegate, okay. And my husband, you're going to do this or this, and I'm going to be able to work on it at this time. So being organized and strategic, that was very important and helpful in combating some of those challenges. Other things I'll say is when you're ambitious, you always want to be five steps ahead of where you are. You need to be comfortable not because it's normal that you're going to move slightly slower when you have other priorities in your life at the same time. And that doesn't mean you're not going to get there. It means you're going to get there without burnout. You're going to get there without constant guilt, without, you know, constantly feeling like your attention is all into one thing then it should be on other things. So actually I'm, I'm writing my third book right now. And this topic came up for me as I was writing. And one way that I visualized it is, you know, you're not a single 24 year old woman, you know, whose only responsibility is a dog right now. (laughs) So you're not somebody who can work, you know, 14, 15 hours on building your brand and your business. And in six months, you're going to become, you know, a seven figure entrepreneur that's not reality for this moment. And listen, if it is for you, great. Uh, It wasn't for me. And it's not for a lot of moms out there, especially if you have it as a side hustle. And especially if spending quality time and, you know, time with your family and you're also managing your house is part of your day to day. So you have to be comfortable with the fact that This isn't going to be like an all in, in that sense of the word. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be, you know, efficiency is a core component of time management. You know, just because you're not putting in tons and tons of hours to something doesn't mean you're not getting, you're not taking huge steps in where you want to go. I love that. Um, Yeah. And then the last thing I'll say is as far as challenges, like back to that strategy piece is there are lots of things in life you can multitask and there are lots of things you shouldn't. And multitasking for me as a mom, you know, I know a lot of experts out there, they say, don't multitask, you know, multitasking is like, just don't do it. It's so bad. It takes your attention away from this. It helps, you know, it doesn't let you focus. And I'm in agreement with this. You know, I feel like obviously these people are successful. 
Obviously, you know, they're saying something that worked for them. I understand when you multitask, your attention is not fully on the task at hand. I am also a regular mom with four kids who's got, you know, multiple pickups and drop-offs, lunches and snacks to make every day. Uh, Up until recently had a career I was juggling in addition to my business, I'm running a business. So there's, there's a lot of things that has to happen here. And I'm a realist. So I'm not going to tell you mom to mom, don't multitask because I know that's just going to bounce right off and you're not going to listen to me. And personally, it's not what I do. So I'm not going to say that, but I will say you can multitask certain things. You know, you can multitask things that are mindless, things like household things. You can do that. And let's say you can fold laundry and you can listen to an audio book that is helping you learn something about your business. You can do the dishes and you can listen to a podcast about marketing, or you can listen to a podcast about something you're interested in that makes you feel good. So I think there's a lot of ways to multitask things that, you know, are part of your passion, are bringing you joy and don't necessarily take your focus and attention away from something that, you know, could tremendously go wrong. Like how wrong could the laundry folding go if you're listening to something (laughs) else and your, and your mind isn't really there. Right. You know, when I was commuting to my career, I would, I would ride public transportation, a train to the city every day. And during that time, that was my time to do marketing for my business. I would create social media posts. I would do like artwork for social media. I would strategize things for my business. You know, I used that time to my benefit. It was a time of the day that I felt like prior to that used to somewhat be wasted. And now I was like, nope, I'm going to make this work for me. Oh, I love that. Um, Do you think one of the roadblocks for moms out there is their sense of urgency and kind of immediate change when they're transitioning um, or creating something on the side or, or for themselves, I guess. The sense of urgency of like, they want to see this grow as quickly as possible. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that's limited to moms. I think that anybody who is starting a passion project, a business, you know, they would love to see overnight success. And I think most successful entrepreneurs out there will say like, that is a pipe dream. That is like a one in a million thing that happens. And the best way for you and anybody to build and grow their business is to consistently show up, consistently provide value to your clients, to your prospective clients, to let that passion that you have inside you really show in everything you're putting out there. Um, So I think, I think the resilience and the consistency is really what you need as an entrepreneur, because it is very unlikely that you'll be an overnight success. And if you are, and God bless you, if you are, that's amazing. Is that going to stay right? Because you need to always be growing and pushing out the next best thing to keep your business up and moving. So at some point, one of your launches may not go as well as you thought, and you're going to need to rely on that resiliency muscle and that consistency, you know, discipline to keep going. Right. Um, What would you say to a mom out there who um, loves the career that she's in? Um, Things are going pretty well, but they just don't have um, time for self-care or to, to tackle some hobbies or, um, 
don't have any moments for themselves in the day? Well, I would say you're not alone in feeling that way because the top four words I hear from everybody I work with are, I don't have time. (laughs) So you're not alone, but not to burst your bubble, you do. You do have time. So (laughs) what I would say is, you know, you're in charge of how you're managing your time, how you're spending your time. And we're all, we all have different circumstances and I'm not trying to downplay the fact that some people's lives are busier and more challenging than others, but everybody, everybody out there has time to take care of themselves. It's just what you're dedicating your priorities to. And this is probably not making the list and it's not uncommon. A lot of moms fall in this category but it can be done and it can be done with simplicity. So something that I like to do with my clients is I like to have them do an exercise called the three-day test. And this is a proprietary assessment that I created for three days. They are writing down, kind of documenting how they're spending their time down to the nitty gritty. The more honest you get, the better. They're talking about what they're multitasking, what they're not. They're talking about what they're doing. Like it's this assessment they do for themselves. And then after that, we meet and we go over it and we assess it and we strategize it. And I have been able, most, uh, mostly I'm able to get people like one to two hours a day. Sometimes I get people three hours a day of time. They can choose what they want to do with it. So whether that's self-care, which it should be at least for part of it, whether that's a new hobby, they want to pursue the side hustle, they want to start the book, they want to write, you name it there is time. You just have to be strategic and you have to ensure that you're prioritizing it effectively. Wow. I love that. That's like an hour, two, three. That seems like, can you imagine you're like, I didn't even think I had that in a week. (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. Just the possibilities could be endless in that amount of time. And I, I never really thought of it or didn't really, um, think of the idea of the EEO, an equal employment opportunity before, but you're right. When we look around, um, we all, there's 24 hours in a day. We all have the exact same amount of time. So I think that is such a good tool to, that you offer with the assessment and figuring out where to multitask, where you can't multitask, um, and figuring out where to get that time back because, you know, there's lots of greatness happening in the world and people are doing good things with the same amount of time. So it's just kind of figuring out where to find it, where to prioritize, what things to cut. Um, and I love that you're helping moms out there do that because I think we can all just get bogged down in like the endless cycle years go by and where you're not finding any time for yourself. Yeah. And I think we always say things like, I'll do that. It's like the diet starts Monday, right? (laughs) You're like, I'll do that when the kids start school, or I'll do that when the pandemic is over, or I'll do that, you know, next month when the busy season at work slows down. And the truth is when you have that mentality, you don't end up doing it most times, right? You put it off because there's always going to be an excuse and there's, and they seem very valid often. And I I don't want to downplay that they're not. You know, they are legitimate reasons why we can push off these things, but the perfect time will never come. It'll never roll around. So now is as good a time as ever. Yes. 
Yeah. I love how you bring that up because you don't know if you have tomorrow or next week or next month. So really the perfect time is now to start whatever it is, whether it's like two minutes, you know, if you want to start meditating two minutes a day to growing a business, whether it's 15 minutes a day or listening to a podcast while you're starting laundry too. Yeah. The perfect time really is now because there never really will be a perfect time that unfolds. So that's yeah. A valuable takeaway for moms out there who have something on their mind and they're just waiting for the time. The time is absolutely now. Right. Right. And I I love how you brought up that time is like this equal employment opportunity, right? It's a, it's a currency. We all have the same amount of one time I posted on my Instagram. We all have the same amount of time, right? Like even Beyonce, I put some quote about that. And somebody wrote something like, oh no, you can't compare me to Beyonce. Like she's got all these luxuries or something like that. And I was like, I reflected on it, of course. And I was like, you know, she didn't always have that, right? She came from a very normal household. Uh, So now, of course, she's got nannies. She's got home cleaners, chefs, drivers, everything. Like, I mean, she probably has every convenience you can imagine. So her time is structured quite differently, I'd imagine. But I'm sure Beyonce was not always in those shoes, right? I'm sure her family didn't have all those luxuries when she was growing up, yet they made the time. She made the time to become like an international billionaire. You can make the time for 15 minutes a day to do something you want to do. Yes. And it just takes that little amount of time to transform things. Um, Okay. So you... um, have a blog, you're on to your third book now, and you offer some different courses and programs and coaching, um, for moms out there. Can you talk a little bit about, um, your offerings that you have to help busy moms out there? Sure. Yeah. So I'll start with the books. So I have two books right now. One is called time management, how to get the time you need to do the things you want. It is all about how to pursue what you want to do, whether that be hobbies, whether that be a side hustle, whether that be self-care, whatever it is you are lacking in your life right now that you are, that you feel you don't have time for how to make that happen, no matter how busy you are. And the second is the journal planner. It's called word to your mother, a mama's guide to journal today and slay tomorrow. It is exactly that it is 15 minute per night exercise that you do reflecting on your day and planning basically to slay the next day and what you're going to do and how you're going to set the intention to do that while taking into account, how can I care for my mind, body, and soul tomorrow? How can I ensure that I am a priority in my day? Because when you feel good, you do good, right? When you feel your best, you're able to output your best. You're able to be your most productive self. And then I offer coaching programs. So I offer one-on-one coaching where you can work with me on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. I offer a time management deep dive where you complete a self-assessment, the three-day test that we were talking about earlier. And then we meet and strategize how we can get you back one, two, or even three hours back into your day. I also offer... um, Uh, a few courses. And my most popular course for moms is the time management course. As you can imagine, this is a four week program 
where each week you get training videos, resources, worksheets uh, to complete on all different time management concepts. And every single day during the four weeks, uh, you receive an email from me where I give you a tip or a story or an accountability check, because let's be honest, how many times have you signed up for a program? And after a few days or a few weeks, you tend to fall off track a little bit. And I know this because I've been one of those people. So when I created this program, I wanted to ensure that you were in it to win it. Like you were ending this program on day 28 with the same level of excitement and motivation and eagerness to really level up your time management, level up your guilt management, level up all of those things in your mom life. And you were able to pursue the things you really wanted to do without stress, without overwhelm, without resentment. So I wanted that to stay as, um, as an element throughout the program. So I'm in there every single day in your inbox. (laughs) So (laughs) that is, and I don't know if you've gotten the gist of how I roll, like from this podcast interview, but I'm pretty direct. I'm a New Yorker. So I'm pretty direct. I am, you know, I don't sugarcoat a lot of things. Of course, I understand the complexities of motherhood. I'm with you. I'm like on this journey with you and I'm empathetic, but I'm also going to push you and I want to see you do amazing, amazing things. So I like uh, showing up daily in that program so that you can't, you can't hide or back off. (laughs) You have to get it done. (laughs) Yeah. And if you really want to level up that program, I also offer a package where we meet uh, one-on-one weekly while you're doing it. Oh, I love that. That's incredible. I love, yeah. You're a New Yorker. Safe <laughs> how it is. No sugar coating because um, I think a lot of us too um want to um sugar coat things maybe or make things, I don't want to say the word abrasive. It's not abrasive, but less direct or it kind of um adds in this um, this line of, you know, you, you don't have to walk the line. You can go over and under when you're, when you're kind of sugarcoating, but when you call it as it is, and you're here to help, um, moms make changes, then you really have to be direct and people have to show up and, you know, you don't want to follow your, if, if you're signed up for the program or you're wanting change, um, it might be a little bit hard sometimes, but the results that you get from showing up and, um, having that accountability will definitely be worth it. And, um, those little digs to your ego or things that you have going on, um, definitely will be worth it in the end for sure. Well, and there's no time to waste. There's no time for fluff in our mom lives. You know, we've got, we've got school drop-offs, we've got stuff to do. We've got career, like we've got it all on the to-do list. There's no time to just sit around and listen to someone talk fluff. I want to talk real deal stuff. Like I want to get you to where you want to be with the most efficiency as possible. Okay. That brings up something that I was curious about. Do you think that there is like with our time, because it's so, you know, we have 24 hours. Do you think there is time in the day for that doesn't have to be accounted for, or that is just kind of there as an extra or for spontaneity or anything like that? Or do you think it's really important to kind of have things mapped out? Um, hmm. I think it's what feels good for you. 
I think if you are someone who really likes structure and you like, and I'm, I'm not going to say that you shouldn't have free time if you like structure, but you might like the fact that you actually structure in the free time. Right. right. So I think having some white space is important. You know, I was someone who was perpetually busy all the time. And I know a lot of moms are, and I, I think part of our culture is, I mean, think about when somebody says to you, how was your day? How many times do people say, oh, so busy and they wear it like a badge of honor, you know? So I think society has really painted the picture that if you're not busy, you're not productive. I have learned to disagree with that to a degree. You know, I think, yes, there's ways to really maximize efficiency and to get the most out of each and every day. But I also think that there it's important to have to make time and space and energy for just that spontaneity, that ability to, you know, not be overscheduled to have a moment. If you feel like in that moment, you want to think you think if you feel like in that moment, you want to Netflix and numb out, you do it. If you feel like in that moment, you actually want to work on something you're working on. Okay. Then you fill it with that. So I think, yeah, I think there should be space for that daily. And I think depending on your, you know, personality, if that's something that, you know, if you don't actually schedule it in, won't happen, then do that. And if you're someone who knows like, well, typically by this time of day, this is just when I want to be free, then you just know that that's the time of day you'll do that. Okay. Good to know. Um, I have a couple final questions for you before we close off here. Um, yes. Okay. So right now on your website, you're offering a free training on the three biggest mistakes moms make when it comes to time management. Can you share one of the secrets with us from that? Yes, I'm happy to share a secret from there. <laughs> I'd love for you to sign up and watch the whole training because I think it's phenomenal. But um, yes, I will say, and I mentioned this earlier, that most people I come across <clears throat> that I work with say, I don't have time a lot. And I'm sure many of the listeners today are probably guilty of that. I know I used to say this all day, every day before, you know, I really started reflecting and, and doing work in this area of my life. So that's one of the biggest mistakes. And I'll tell you how to fix it too. So what you need to do is you need to eliminate that phrase from your vocabulary and you're going to replace it with this one. You're going to stop saying, I don't have time. And you're going to start saying, it's not a priority to me. So let's exemplify this for a minute. Let's say working out is something that you have not been doing yet. It's bothering you that you haven't been doing it, right? Like you want to get back to being healthy and fit. So you'll constantly find yourself saying, I don't have time to work out. And then you start replacing that with working out isn't a priority to me. Wow. Something has shifted already. So you're going to do what you're going to feel one of two ways. Either you're going to feel like, you know what, right now working out isn't a priority to me. Like I've got a baby who doesn't sleep through the night, or I am in this really crazy busy season at work where we are working like 12, 14 hour days. And I just can't imagine fitting that in. And, you know, I really just need to be fully focused on that or whatever, whatever's happening in the season you're in, that's making it not feel like a priority. And automatically you feel lighter. You feel less guilty about it. You feel like, you know what? Okay. It's not a priority right now. I'm making that choice. 
I'm okay with it. That doesn't mean in three months it won't be, but for now I'm cool with it and I'm moving on and I'm letting go of that guilt. So that's one way. The second way you might feel is exactly the opposite. You might feel like, oh my God, what? This is a priority to me. Why am I not making time for this? Let me look at my calendar right now and figure out how to fit this in. Do I need to wake up earlier? Do I need to stay up later? Do I need to use my lunch hour to do this? Do I need to delegate some childcare for an hour? Do I need to take my child with me to the gym or wherever I'm going, the park, on a run with a stroller? Who knows? So you will, you will feel propelled. You will feel kind of like motivated by saying this in this way that you are going to make it a priority to you because that doesn't feel good saying it's not. So that is one big, big mistake I hear people saying all the time. And it's a priority issue and it's something they don't realize. And until they actually speak those words, they can really get a handle on whether it is a priority or not and whether they need to make it a part of their life or not. Wow. That is so good. Yeah. That totally reframes things. Definitely go out and um, get that free training right now, there are two other of the biggest mistakes like that will change your life, just shifting your priorities or thinking that way. Um, okay. My next question for you is if you could give soon to be moms, three pieces of wisdom before they entered motherhood, what would you tell them? Oh, <laughs> I like this question. All right. Okay, I'm not going to say sleep when the baby sleeps <laughs> because I think everybody says that. And let's get real when the baby's sleeping, we are doing a hundred million things that we didn't get to do. So I'm not going to give you that, I think, impractical advice. But what I will say is know that this season is short lived, the baby season is short lived. So even if you struggle feeling like you're not getting enough done every day, remember, as soon as you blink your eyes, that baby is going to be a toddler, that baby is going to be in preschool, that baby is going to be in elementary school, and you are going to wish you had these moments of just sitting down with that baby, cuddling them. So I will say that as one, don't feel guilty about your productivity during these days. Give yourself... Um, small daily goals to do. And that could be one thing that could be three things. You know, I like to tell my clients to do three small goals a day. I think you can still do that with a new baby at home, make them very, very small. These will make you feel like an accomplished human being every day, even though, you know, you may be, you may have gone from being this very ambitious, determined, productive person to now you have this baby who needs you 24 seven, literally 24 seven. Yes. Even all night long. And you may feel like you're only getting a minuscule part of what you used to get done, done. That's okay. This is normal. Set three small goals per day and just focus on those. And those can be, you know, things you probably, or maybe would have had to have done anyway, but Hey, you set those intentions and you did them. You checked them off your list, girl. So good job right? Try and make at least one of those things something for you. So whether that means, you know, you take a hot 15 minute shower, not like a three minute shower that you feel like you need to take with the baby, um, 
when you always need to be like thinking about the baby, but just whatever it is, whatever feels good for you, right? Drink a hot cup of coffee during nap time, do something that feels good. And then my other piece of advice is if you have a partner, if you have a partner, um, it's really easy when you have a baby to go through the, I like to call hate your hubs phase (laughs) where you resent your partner a lot because you feel like as the mom, you are the default for the baby a lot, right? Like you're the one, if you're, especially if you're nursing the baby, you're waking up with them all night, or maybe if you're, even if you're not nursing, you're the one waking up with them because maybe your partner's working during that time or you're doing a lot of the household tasks or, you know, it's easy to feel really resentful. So I would say, ensure that you're prioritizing your relationship to a degree during this time. I know it's really hard because you have this tiny human who's depending on you so much, but, um, I'll never forget when I, I wasn't even a new mom. I was, after I had my third baby, I went to a parent, like a mommies with newborns class, you know, to, with women. And one of the moms in there was on her second baby. And she gave this, these words of wisdom to everyone in the group. And I had never heard of this. But of course, we'd all were experiencing or had experienced the hate your hub space. And so she said, hey, guys, if you haven't taken the love languages assessment, go do that with your partner today. Like it is so crucial and important to know how to communicate with them and communicate love to them in a way that they feel loved. And then so they know in a way that you feel loved, go take this test. So if you're listening and you're not sure what this is. It's by Dr. Gary Chapman. There's a free assessment online that you can take. And we all communicate sort of in our default way of communicating, which is how we like to receive communication, how we like to receive love. So if there are five ways that he says you can do this. So for example, if you're someone who loves receiving um, gifts, you might be someone who communicates love to others by giving them gifts right? That's the way like naturally it comes to you. So you might do that for someone else. And if your partner, that's very low on their assessment score, and they actually prefer words of affirmation, like being told you're such a great husband, you're such a great partner, you're doing such an amazing job. You're a great dad, you're a great mom, you know, whatever it is, you giving them gifts, like literally means nothing to them. They want to hear the words So taking this assessment and knowing how my partner likes to receive love and how I like to receive love is such a simple, easy, more efficient way to communicate and spend your time in your relationship rather than like banging your head against the wall, wondering why my spouse isn't like loving on me or feeling my love when I'm doing all these things or feeling like I'm doing all these things. So anyway, I know that was probably a longer answer than you wanted to hear, but I feel like that's a good one. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of parents don't prioritize their relationship when they have babies and it is a hard time to go through. No, absolutely. I think that is so essential because I think every, maybe not every, but many moms go through that, that phase where of resentment and, So if you have that in place, um, I know I've done some work around that. I'll definitely link that in the show notes too. that little free quiz, but, um, yeah, cause you can be pouring, you know, all this energy into your partner 
But if that's not their language, then like, like you said, it means nothing and the same for you. So when you can get on the same, same wavelength, because becoming a parent is uh, life-changing and very, very difficult. And as the mom kind of being the default in most cases, not all, but I mean, 24 seven forever, or I guess as they grow up, it, it changes a little bit, but 24 seven, um, your life is completely changed. Um, and it's such an incredible thing, but there's challenges that come with it. So, um, another challenge to add on top of it would definitely not be the communication or the connection with your partner. So I think that is such a little thing, um, an easy thing that anybody can do that can definitely make a huge difference and change the experience. And so I think that is such a good takeaway. Yeah. Thank you. you. Okay. Uh, my last question is what are the, some of the proudest moments you've had as a coach for your clients you've worked with, um, with the positive changes that they've made in their lives? Oh, I feel proud every time I work with someone. (laughs) I especially feel proud when, when people are able to pursue what they either knew they were passionate about or discovered they were passionate about through the process. So for me, that's, that's what it is. I love helping people go from overwhelmed to empowered. I love helping people feel less stressed and are, you know, more confident in juggling motherhood and careerhood and all these things. But I especially love when I see that somebody's dipping into a passion that they either knew or didn't know they had and are, are able to pursue that afterwards when they thought they had zero time and effort to make any of that happen. Oh, what a beautiful thing to watch. Okay. So lastly, where can all of the mamas out there who are listening to this podcast right now and know they need more of you, they want to work with you one-on-one, um, join some of your courses, grab your journal or your books, like where can they find you at? Yes. So the best place to find me is my website. It is mamaworkit.com, M-A-M-A, workit.com. That's where you can get access to that free training. That is where you can find links to books, to courses, to coaching opportunities. So that's all there. And then of course I'm on social media. So I'm at the handle at let mama work it on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I know, um, every mom out there who is now probably coming out of the closet that they've locked themselves in for this episode is feeling, um, a sense of hope for what their future can entail. So thank you for sharing, um, all of your wisdom and yeah, everybody who needs her go and find Marissa to help you along your journey. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of All Things Relatable. If you know someone that would relate to this episode and get value from it, please pass it along. Also, if this episode resonated with you, I would love for you to rate, review, and subscribe.